while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me. You can take your messages on the WBSM app chat. So, interesting poll that came out from the Massachusetts Fiscal Alliance. Massachusetts Fiscal Alliance is obviously a uh, conservative um, political organization in uh, in Massachusetts. And they had released a poll uh, they had released a poll that came out that showed Charlie Baker, former Governor Charlie Baker, against a current senator who's running for re-election, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, as you guys remember, is has been in the Senate since 2013. She ran in 2012 against incumbent Republican Senator Scott Brown. Um, Scott Brown, of course, was elected in that 2010, 2010 special election against Martha Coakley. Uh, which he, uh, you know, which was the first time the Rep- a Republican had held that Senate seat since Edward Brooke did in the late ninth. I want to say late seventies is when Edward Brooke was there, right? Um, someone it's before I was before my time, but some of you may remember. Anyway. Uh, so she got elected in 2012. Um, you know, she ran a good campaign. She was obviously a strong candidate and she also had the advantage of having, uh, Barack Obama at the top of the ticket, um, in the 2012 presidential election, election that he won pretty easily against former Massachusetts governor Mitt Romney. So the poll done by Mass, Mass, uh, Fiscal Alliance showed that uh Charlie Baker uh it, the the question was Senator Elizabeth Warren has announced her intention to run for re-election in 2024 if former governor Charlie Baker were to announce his intention to run against her for Senate who would you support 34% said Senator Warren 49% said former governor Baker plus 15 this was taken from May 6th through 7th, uh, 700, the 750 respondents were surveyed and, uh, this, the poll had a margin for error of 3.6% and a confidence level of 95%. So well, uh, outside of the margin for error, um, was, was governor, uh, was governor Baker in this poll. Now there's a few things to consider in this. Uh, they list Charlie Baker as a Republican. Um, in this poll, first of all, 
I, I do want to say with a lot of these polls, because you look at look at look at a guy like Allen. I mean, Charlie Baker obviously was the most popular governor in the country throughout his tenure. Um, he was often, you know, he was a Republican, but he was often seen as more of a centrist and a, a pragmatist. Well, didn't really fall along a lot of uh, hard right ideological fault lines. And while he did, you know, you know, he did take certain positions on things that were uh, obviously more conservative. He was generally seen as more of a centrist. I don't think Charlie Baker would run as a Republican if he were to run for Senate, he would probably have to run as an independent. The Republican Party in Massachusetts has, by and large, abandoned Charlie Baker. Uh, it's a big reason why he didn't run for a third term. A lot of people said, a lot of people closer to Charlie Baker said, if there wasn't, uh, if he had had the support of the Mass GOP, if he didn't have to run a primary challenge against Jeff Deal, he likely would have run for a third term, in which case we're not sure if Maura Healy would have jumped into the race. So it might have been a clear path for Charlie Baker to back to the governor's mansion for a third term. There are no term limits for governors in Massachusetts. Having said that, he would if he got to the ballot as a Republican, I'm not entirely sure that he would be successful either because when you look at it, look at Alan Fung over in the second congressional district in Rhode Island. A lot of people may know Alan Fung as the guy who because I, I I think if you watch any local news or if you had over the last like eight or so years, you got to know who Alan Fung is because or just any local TV in general because Alan Fung was running for governor in Rhode Island. He was the longtime mayor of Cranston. He was running for governor of Rhode Island twice as a Republican. First time it was fairly close. Uh, second time it wasn't close at all. Gina Raimondo ended up beating him. He, Fung, but what I'm saying is you, if you're watching local TV or watching TV in general, he was, there was a lot of commercials that run because we're, you know, in the, we're firmly entrenched in the Providence media market. And so, uh, we, you know, those, those commercials always hit us over here in, uh, in, uh, always hit us here in, um, in Massachusetts, in Massachusetts as well. Alan Fung was a clear favorite and front runner to be the next congressman in the second congressional district on Rhode Island when James Langevin had uh the uh who would who was um i think for 20 some odd years was the uh was the congressman in the in that district had decided to step down alan fung is a republican he but he's he was the mayor of cranston he was often seen as again a more centrist type of guy charlie baker in fact supported alan fung he held a fundraiser and supported him i believe gave him money he was a supporter because alan fung was the brand of republican politics that charlie baker wanted to see alan fung i don't think had a serious primary challenge in that race uh, he was pulled, he pulled pretty firmly ahead of Seth Magaziner, uh, throughout the entire summer and into the election. Some of the polls, uh, one of them done, I believe, uh, WPRI with, uh, Tim White. I remember Tim White had released it, uh, who was on with us yesterday. Uh, Tim White and Ted Nisi, um, had released it and it showed him polling outside of the margin for error. The margin for error, I think, was like 4%. He had a 6 or 7% lead over Seth Magaziner. 
Alan Fung lost that race, and it wasn't super close. He lost that race. Seth Magaziner is the congressman, the Democrat. He is the congressman from uh, he is the congressman in Rhode Island. So the the point I'm trying to make is in a hypothetical race between Charlie Baker and Elizabeth Warren, Charlie Baker might be a more popular elected official right now, right? And he definitely is, based on approval ratings and all of that, a more popular elected official than Elizabeth Warren. But Charlie Baker hasn't run for a federal office yet. And so when you think about it, if he's going to run as a Republican, he would have to, he would have the stain in this, in this, in this state, the stain of Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell, right, to, uh, to run against him on. So, the, what matters to people is, and I think actually Tim White had talked about this yesterday, what matters to people is in fe- these federal elections, especially in a state like Massachusetts, what killed Alan Fung was, yeah, Alan's a nice, you know, I remember uh, I had I'd had Jake Auchincloss, Congressman Jake Auchincloss on, he said, yeah, I heard Alan Fung's a nice guy, but Alan Fung's first vote is going to be for Kevin McCarthy as speaker, and Kevin McCarthy's first call is going to be to Donald Trump, right? That's what it is. They hammer him on that, right? He, yep, Alan Fung's a great guy, but he's going to vote for he is going to vote for Kevin McCarthy as speaker, right? He is going to tip the the balance of the house in Kevin McCarthy's favor. Now they didn't need Alan Fung, but still, if they did, they would have had him. It's going to be the same situation in Massachusetts, especially with this is going to be a tight Senate race. There, I think there are twenty one Democrats. That have to defend their uh, that have to defend their seats. I believe some of which in states that Trump won in 2020, such as Montana. John Tester, a longtime Democratic senator who's been there since I believe 2006, 2007, he now has to run for re-election during an election year with uh, during an election year with the Addison, added sort of partisanship of this era. And has to run for re-election um, in, in, a, in a state that Donald Trump won very comfortably, both in 2016 and 2020. Now, John Tester is a very likable guy. He is more of a centrist. And he has a really strong bet to get re-elected if he decides to run. If it gets too hot, he might pull out, right? Joe Manchin is up for re-election in, 20, uh, 20, uh, in 2020 or 2024. West Virginia is a state that um, used to have two Democrat used to have a Democratic governor, two Democratic senators, actually for a while. Then I believe in 2014, uh, I forget the other senator's name, who would step down. Then what's her name? Shelley Caputo was elected as a Republican, and they have that other Republican governor. I forget his name, but he might run against uh, Joe Manchin uh, for for uh, for Senate. So Joe Manchin's got a tough reelection sled ahead of him there's a few others right so democrats there's 21 democrats that have to defend seats a few of them in election uh a few of them in states donald trump had won and now during an election year again where donald trump's probably going to be on the ballot but a republican will be on the ballot a democrat will be on the ballot and those states aren't going to go blue right montana west virginia aren't going to go blue there's a few others too i can't i can't remember exactly which ones but it's going to be a very difficult year for senate democrats and they do not have a big majority they have a two-seat majority so when we poll a hypothetical of Charlie Baker versus Elizabeth Warren right now, it's more of a, who do you like? You know, I like Charlie Baker more for whatever reason, right? But when it comes down to, do you like Charlie Baker enough 
to give Mitch McConnell another vote for leadership, another vote for power, to shift the balance in the Senate, right, to jeopardize Supreme Court and federal judiciary nominations, to jeopardize cabinet-level nominations, right, to to further hamstring the Democratic agenda in the White House, right? People are going to have pause with that. And people here in Massachusetts mostly aren't going to like it. That, you know, Scott Brown had tried the... Um, and, and Scott Brown was very similar to Charlie Baker in that he was more of a centrist type of guy or presented that sort of centrist type, uh, more centrist pragmatism type of demeanor and style of govern, uh, style of governance. It didn't work for Scott Brown when it came down to the 2020, uh, 2012, uh, 2012 election and they said, well, Scott Brown is going to vote for Mitch McConnell. Scott Brown is is friend, you know is going to vote as voting for Governor Romney for president to uh, beat Obama, and Scott Brown ended up losing that election. He was polling ahead for a while too in that election. He was actually seen as the favorite up until I would say late fall. I think is when the tur- the tides start to turn for Scott Brown uh, against Elizabeth Warren. So when we see these polls that Charlie Baker is up fifteen percent on Elizabeth Warren right now in mid early 2023 to me i don't think it means a whole lot now having said that if charlie baker were to run as an independent i'm still not sure if it works but i think he stands a better chance he'd have to run as an independent and he'd have to commit to caucusing with the democrats but i think that you run into issues there you know elizabeth warren say well you've been a republican for so long now that you want to run for senate you're an independent right are you going to vote for mitch mcconnell right just stuff like that so I think, like, in theory, it seems like it'd be, oh, what a fun competitive race it might be. But I think ultimately, while Charlie Baker as an independent might pr- pr- prove to be maybe the most serious challenge Elizabeth Warren has to ha- uh, would have for Senate, I don't think it would be a particularly close race once you got once the messaging starts picking up, once the money starts coming in, once the direct mail start hitting, right? I don't think they'll see it as a winnable race. And if he doesn't, if Baker runs as an independent and commits to running for uh, caucusing with the Democrats, which I think would be his only hope for for getting elected, I don't think he gets it. He won't get any. I don't think he'll get any support from the uh, uh, RSCC, the Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee. I don't think Rick Scott's going to give him a ton of money. And I don't think, I do not think that, I do not think he's going to get a lot of money from any sort of Republican-backed political action committees or conservative political action committees. Um, so, again, it seemed like a fun idea to toy with. Charlie Baker is the most popular governor in the country, or was when he was running. Uh, I think a lot of people view him as a good governor. They have a lot of good memories of him. But when it came down to you're going to vote for me, if it comes down to you, Charlie Baker, Republican Charlie Baker, he's listed as a Republican in this poll, but you, Republican Charlie Baker, are going to vote for Mitch McConnell to be Senate Majority Leader. That is ultimately what would sink his campaign. And I think Elizabeth Warren would 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 win pretty comfortably in that election. Furthermore, on top of that, I do not believe Charlie Baker is going to run for Senate. Uh, 
He said in December as he was leaving, um, you know, in his lame duck session uh, after Maura Healy had been elected governor, he has said he has no plans to run for anything in 2024. He said uh, something about his wife is looking forward to having him around more. Obviously, the demands of being the governor, you're all over the place. I get the media advisories for Governor Healy and Lieutenant Governor Driscoll, you know, every day because I'm on the press list. I mean, all of us are in the local media on the press list. And they're all over the place. Trust me, they're everywhere. They're in they're in uh, Pittsfield one day. They're in, you know, Lowell the next. They're in down here in New Bedford and Fall River, right? They're all over. the. They're in the Cape. They're all over. They're doing stuff in Boston. It's an extraordinarily demanding job for your schedule. And so Charlie Baker's like, no, I, I'm going to work on my own terms. He's now the president of the NCAA, probably making a significant, definitely making a significant amount more money. And he gets to be in sports, which is way cooler than being in politics. Being a sports celebrity is infinitely cooler than being a politics celebrity. You know it, I know it, and Charlie Baker knows it. So he's got one of the coolest jobs in professional sports. He is the head of the NCAA, March Madness, the uh, the college football championship, right? All of that. He is in charge of all that. He is in charge of policy at the NCAA and um, all the new and exciting things they've got going on with the new NIL deals with players getting paid and all of that. He gets to go on ESPN. He gets to go, he gets, you know, he's a, a much more nationally recognized and ubiquitous figure as a, uh, uh, as a, uh, the, the president of a, of the NCAA, right? So it doesn't, and I believe he gets to work centrally in Massachusetts. He gets to work in Massachusetts. He doesn't have to go, I don't think, anywhere in particular. I mean, he's probably traveling a great deal, but he gets to, I think it's probably a bit more leisurely of a schedule than, all right, we're driving here, we're driving to the Big E this week, and then we're going to the Madeira Feast the next week, right, or whatever. I know those 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 things are months apart, and actually the Big E's after the Madeira Feast, but you know what I'm saying, right? You get what I'm saying. You don't have to do all that. You know, you're, 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 you are the... You're the boss. You're working on your own schedule, uh, more or less, and uh, it's a lot more money and probably a lot, uh, just a lot, like, cooler. You get to be the king of sports um, instead of being a one of – you get to be the king of sports instead of being one of a uh, hundred senators in the legislative chamber. That's not going to do anything, you know. Do you want to Do you want to go sit in um, – you want to have box seats to the NCAA National Championship, the March Madness Final Four? Or do you want to sit in a Senate Budget Committee hearing for 12 hours? Which deal would you take? I think I'd probably, as, you know, even as someone who talks about politics and really enjoys it and loves it and does it for a living, um, I would, I think the, I think the, um, I think the former is a lot cooler. So it was interesting. I think it was, it's interesting to speculate about, especially as the Senate election comes and there really hasn't been any legitimate challenger to Elizabeth Warren that has risen. And, you know, that's one of the things about living in Massachusetts is that there aren't a lot of interesting races, right? It's going to be the Democrat, right? The primary might be a more interest, interesting race. Um, but not all of the primaries this year were super competitive either. So the actually the most interesting and watched race in the entire Commonwealth was here in Bristol County. It was the Bristol County Sheriff's race between Sheriff Rowe and, and Tom Hodgson. So it's in, you know, it's something to talk about that 
Well, look, Charlie Baker's got strong polling numbers against Elizabeth Warren. And if he ran, you know, as an independent, maybe he'd have a shot, you know, because they took look at we've got two independent senators. Current, oh, now three, because Kristen Cinema wanted to be like cool and edgy and become an independent. But we have so we have three. But before Kristen Cinema um, decided to. And Kristen Cinema just did that as a maneuver because she knew she was doomed in a Democratic primary, right? She, and she's doomed in a Republican primary. So she, she's a just, you know, I think comprehensively um, uh, disliked throughout the, the state of Arizona. But running as an independent is a good way to, I think, um, call the Democrats bluff to see, oh, are you really going to? Oh, are you really are you really going to risk this Senate seat, right? Are you really going to risk this Senate seat to primary me? I think they they should say yes. But um but uh before her only there was only two independent senators currently sitting in the Senate. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, who was elected as an independent and elected as an independent to the House, and uh uh Angus King uh in Maine, who was I believe governor of Maine before he became senator so it'd be kind of a similar path i think for uh for governor baker if he wanted to run as a named have an eye like as an independent not i'm a republican but i'm an independent you need to get that letter you need to get that r letter off your name if you want to win a statewide election in massachusetts these days you need the letter i you need the letter d mostly but you really need the letter i that's the only way you're going to win an election here uh, I think in Massachusetts. So, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Hey, hello. What's up? Hey, um, I'm going to tell you something I did today, which was funny. Okay. Um, Barry and the Trump clan were drinking Kool Aid, going on and on about Trump. <laughs> so I called in and pretended I was a Biden supporter. <laughs> I had Barry almost blew a gasket, and then um, I ended up calling back and saying, hey, "Look, um, I apologize to get you all worked up." No, oh, uh, I, I think Barry likes. I, I think that's. I think Barry likes that stuff. I think he thrives in those moments. Oh, he was getting worked up, though. I was saying Trump he's, was he's a, he's a, a, he's a, he's a passionate. Barry's a passionate guy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but it's funny getting him going with and with the Kate Caitlyn Jenner thing, which I really don't do anymore. Yeah, I, I, so. I, I don't like. I don't really like that. I hope you don't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he he can't stand it either. He just hangs up. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a uh, yeah. It is it's 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 grading for sure. But um, are you a supporter? What what if it's Trump and Biden? Are you, who are you going to vote for? Ah. Uh, I already said neither. I told Jessica last night I had to vote for neither one of them. I was talking about Kennedy, and it's funny. She brought Kennedy up. So she might be looking at something different, too, even though she's a Republican. She, I know she wrote a piece on that uh, with Howie Carr uh, about RFK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she uh, she was she's looking into him, she says. And I said, you know, that's funny. I've been looking into him, too. I don't know if he was like his uncle. It would be great to have somebody like his J- uncle. Uh, RFK Jr. was is RFK Sr.'s son. 
And Jack, okay. Kennedy, Jack Kennedy, JFK was his uncle. Well, Bobby Kennedy's son. This is Bobby Kennedy's son. Bobby Kennedy's son, uh, which means Jack Kennedy was his uncle. Okay, so does he have his father's values? That's the thing. Um, you know, I had a, I had a, uh, a political commentator, a progressive political commentator, on last night, and she had uh, Sabrina Salvati, and she was. Um, she was saying that that uh, RFK is like the progressive choice, um, actually, um, and that a lot of the things, you know, he talked about how he believed the CIA had a role in the assassination of his uncle. And he said it was because his uncle had believed in a lot of uh, things that were outside of the mainstream um, uh, of what the conventional political thought was. And Bobby Kennedy felt the government killed his brother, too. He said that the little day he died. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I just think we need something new. I think a lot of these um, Trump supporters are dingbats. Not all of them. Some of them, you know, for whatever reason, maybe things are going good for them when Trump was president. But a lot of them are just dingbats. So they don't know what they're talking about. And then you get Joe Biden. He's another dingbat. So, I mean, you really don't have They're talking about Trump and Biden all the time. And those it's like you, you're only really two choices right now until somebody jumps in. I heard Mitt Romney might jump back in there. He's talking about he's getting fed up with the Republican Party. Mitt, Romney's, the Mitt Romney's tried several times over. It's, uh, you he know. could have a chance. I'm not saying he will, but he could. He has a better chance this time than uh, any other time he's ran. He won't survive the primary. That's the problem. Yeah. Oh, it'll probably be not Trump, Trump, and uh, old man Biden, the two old grandpas that should be in the nursing home. You know, Mitt Romney is is uh, is seventy, right? Ah, uh, yeah, I know he's up there. Or seventy five, actually. Mitt, Rom- but he, oh, he's, so he's a geezer too. Okay, he, he, yeah. I believe he's seventy. Mitt Romney. He, you know, the thing is, is Mitt Romney. He looks absolutely great for his age. Um, yeah. but he is 76. He does look great for his age, though. He doesn't yeah, look 76. Yeah, it's, I don't know, maybe that Mormon stuff. I, I, maybe we gotta be, I gotta convert well, to Mormonism. From what I understand, Romney doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke. Mormon stuff. He doesn't drink yeah, coffee. He doesn't drink coffee. Yeah. He doesn't treat dogs too well, but. Oh, I remember that. The dog yeah, on the roof. He puts it the roof. But that is psychotic just, behavior. That is disqualifying to me as well. I, I would, you know, yeah, I mean, I, well, well, I wouldn't well, have voted for him anyway, and I didn't, but still. Well, right now you get two screwballs, and I don't care what anybody says. Trump was not a great president. They make him out to be like a JFK, FDR-type president. He was, he was not. He's a con artist. He's a lifetime con artist. Yes. Now he's a sex offender. They're nailing him for that. Uh, well, so he wasn't convicted. He was lost the civil trial. I just wanted to be clear nah, about he that. Never, they, they're never convicted. Yeah, he's he right, lost the civil trial, so he's, I don't think he's a registered sex offender yet. Just, just a point of con- but, just but I'm a, just tired of the circus, period. I'm sick of Biden. I'm sick of Trump. Uh, yeah. I think somebody needs to come out of the woodwork and take these guys out and become a real president. We mm-hmm. haven't had a real president in a long time. It's time to stop BSing around here. And these cult people need to snap out of it. Go in a mental ward or something and take some Prozac. And, wow, it's just amazing. I've seen this, but I've done it. 
never thought this would happen to this country like like this. Yeah. Well, so who would you vote for? Right now, I'm not voting for anybody. I am voting to get that Congress out of there, though. Yeah, what, the, the, uh, what, what do you mean voting to get the Congress out of there? Get the GOP out of control of the Congress. There's too many maniacs in there. You should, uh, you'd have to move probably somewhere like, uh, uh. Yeah, I know, we really don't count. New York, New York would be a good spot. New York's yeah. got that's where that's where they got their congressional majority. Partly because Andrew Cuomo freaking fudged the fudge the uh, the whole you know being Andrew Cuomo among other things among other the other terrible things he did completely gave away the map to uh, Republicans um, for for Congress. But New York's probably going to be a big battleground for that. Well, uh, there's been good Republicans. Hey, I'm an independent, so I I've seen good Republicans. Oh uh, yeah, I'd like too. to know who. I thought Reagan was good. There are a lot of people. I think Reagan's Reagan. one of the people most responsible for our decline, actually. A lot of people say that, but yeah. I'd rather have him around right now than these two screwballs. I would not rather have Reagan than Joe Biden. <laughs> so you'd rather have Trump over Reagan? Hey, you know, for all the stuff about geezers and old people and dementia and all that, and then you say Ronald Reagan is your choice? Yeah, he was old. He was old. He had dementia. Yeah, at the end that's of confirmed. His, uh, he had dementia in office. Yeah, he's falling asleep. When he said he me. couldn't remember Iran Contra, he might have been serious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, good old Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think was the last great president? I think Slick Willie was, and I'm not saying it. Actually, I kind of like Slick Willie. I, I kind of like John, uh, Lyndon Johnson. Was the last great president? Well, he, Vietnam. He, he went crazy. Yeah, Vietnam, but domestic, but but legislatively, domestic policy wise, um, I think the most consequential president uh, of the last like half century, at the very least. Here's the question: of Kennedy, if Kennedy had lived, JFK had lived, we went to Vietnam. I heard yeah. Kennedy didn't want to go go to Vietnam. Chris and He's I have argued. To... Chris and I have argued about that. Um, there was. I think some documentation that he wanted to pull out of Vietnam. Chris, I think, disagreed with that. Uh, it's it's unclear. I did know he, he did want I, he did want to reopen relations with Cuba, though. He had, he did have back channels to Fidel Castro. I know that Vietnam. I'm less certain about, but I, I think he did. But I know Chris disagrees with me on that. But the last time the economy was actually decent was when Slick Willie was in, and that was because yeah. But is it like? The Congress and the President were working together, as well as the Senate. Eh, yeah, I mean, it was not necessarily. Like I mean, that was the Newt Gingrich revolution, right? And some of the stuff yeah. they did actually had some pretty detrimental effects to a lot of the policies that we have here uh, today, like the immigration, the uh, immigration IRA, IRA, that Immigration Act, that yeah. you know, basically, that basically, I think, in large part, one of the main reasons the immigration system is so bad uh, is so. Uh, backloaded and and um, uh, unworkable right now. He also had repealed Glass-Steagall. Welfare reform was a terrible policy. The crime bill was awful. Um, you know, it's obviously it helped balloon our balloon our prison population, right? And you know, we've all I think everybody's mostly agreed that that's been a huge mistake. So there's there's you know I, I, I don't well, we, I don't we, think that we, if they work together, you know, the thing is is when people say oh they came together and they got something done, that doesn't always mean it's a good thing. No. No, definitely not. You know, we, we we have since World War Two made blunder after blunder after blunder yeah. after blunder. 
And then the president gets killed in the process of that. That was supposed to be a good president. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I I unfortunately, we never really got to fully realize uh, his his potential as president. I think Lyndon Johnson actually did a really effective job carrying out his legacy in maybe a way that JFK wouldn't have been capable of doing because he didn't have the legislative experience uh, that, yeah. that Lyndon Johnson had. Well, you got to think about it. With the LBJ crowd, if you were young, you didn't like him. If you were old, you liked him because he, people are scared to go to war and people, most young people are against the war. I mean, my father joined and served and all that. He was a Republican. Um, I'm not, but I'm just saying a lot of kids did not want to go to war and there were a lot of people, you know, it was mostly the younger crowd or against the war. It wasn't until later on everybody got sick of it and said, oh, we need to get out of there. And Nixon finally pulled, started pulling us out of there slowly in 75. Right. Radio. Hey, man, thanks for the call. I appreciate All it. All right. Have a great night. You Bye. as well. Got to take this break. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Good evening, Marcus. How you doing? I'm doing. Well, you know, I'd like to see Charlie Baker run as an independent against uh, Miss Warren. You yeah. Know? And, uh, you know, I think uh, it would be a good uh, challenge for her. Uh, she's a national senator. I don't see her bringing any break, bacon back to Massachusetts, or for that matter, Markey as well. So uh, possibly if he would run, uh, maybe we could have a change. I think she's good with banking. I think that's what she knows about. Maybe she'd make a good secretary of the Treasury or something like that. Yeah, but as far as, uh, you know, her doing anything for the state and Marky, uh, they're certainly not uh, Ted Kennedy or even close. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I agree. Um, you know, Elizabeth Warren's got a, a banking chairmanship. Ed Markey, I, I think he's been fine. I just, you know, it's... The last job the guy had was when he was working out of his father's uh, milk truck, for God's sake. I'm, he, Come on. He was a lawyer... <laughs> Oh, well, I, don't, I know people he that were lawyers too. They just passed the bar, and uh, they were lawyers and he, all kinds he, of other things. You know, he wasn't they were just a, a he wasn't. That was his big thing. though. I was like, I'm gonna. I, I drove an ice cream truck, so yeah, I'm a regular yeah, guy. He told you from his dad mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, the other thing I'd want to bring up with you, and maybe you can educate me on this, is why doesn't Gina Raimondo leave the Biden administration and run for that Congress? Congressional seat. Why would she do that? Because she would be helping the Republic. I mean, the Democratic Party. She, they don't need it, and she's. Um, they don't need it. They got no no name in there at all. I, I think she was a popular Rhode Island governor. No, and they don't need. They don't. No, the Democrats going to win that. They don't need. They're not even running any Republican challengers. Like I like because I, Alan Fung, right? Alan Fung was supposed to win that other district. He was a well known yeah. statewide name recognition, high approval ratings, and all that. Yeah, and it didn't, didn't even matter. I understand. Yeah, I, I just it's a it's an absolute demotion for Gina Raimondo to go from cabinet secretary from governor to cabinet I secretary back down so. to Congress. I don't think so oh, because think so. in the future, I still think she's young enough that if one of the senators leave, she could run for senator from there. She is the executive of a cabinet level department, and what, well, so what she's what she's judge. going to do is so is people judge. <laughs> but the point, is, but exactly, but Pete Buttigieg isn't going to run for Congress in Indiana. Like he, that's that's the that's the that's the high that's her highest level that's the high one of the highest levels of government well, you can I, get I into. I just think a name that's the highest level, Marcus. But I think if you want to have control of Congress and have a popular, strong name there, 
I think she's the person to she'd do it. She'd have to go in as a backbencher. What's that? And then she'd have to go in as a backbencher and build up and build up. Uh, she'd be a strong vote for the for the Democrats there. Yeah, I just, we're talking just one about they don't before. Need. They don't want to lose that. They won't. I don't. They they're just they're just not going to lose it over there. Um, in in that well, in the, that the candidates I see that they're putting up to run for that congressional seat. Oh, um, you know, it's it doesn't look good at all to me. Yeah, it's just the Republicans aren't putting anybody up either. Well, you know, again, I, I think the Republicans are kind of dead in that state like they are in this state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is, uh, I wish Trump and Biden uh, uh, would both, st- uh, you know, stand aside, as John Wayne would say. Stand aside, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And let somebody younger get in there. Uh, you know, I'm sick of the problems that, uh, uh, you know, constantly Trump has. You know, I, I can agree with some of his ideas, but he's not the guy to, to lead this country because of all his problems. And Biden seems to be just as bad. They're old-timers. It's time to get it out of the way and pass the torch to a new generation, as they would say. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. It's just they they don't want to do it, and their party their parties don't want them to do it either. Well, again, uh, you know, I... <laughs> I, I I don't want to see a rerun of uh, Trump Biden. You know that's you know it's terrible. Yeah, I don't either. If that sucked, and it's going to yeah. suck again. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. It's it's really <laughs> terrible. I I want to see uh, you know somebody uh, younger, uh, like like even a Charlie Baker age or something like that, and uh, get away from all this name calling and. I guess all Char- Charlie other- Baker's like sixty-seven. Well, again, that's still younger than 77 yeah, and, <laughs> and 81 or whatever uh, Biden is, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I would really like to see, uh, you know, him give us a different, you know, chance here uh, against Elizabeth Warren. You know, uh, again, her strong suit is banking. And, again, I would I would disagree with you. I'd like to see Gina Raimondo uh, run for Congress. She'd have a, a, a knowledgeable name in there, uh, not somebody. Who is that? Who's that running? Who's that person? What well, I mean, know? I mean, there's going to be like so some of the candidates in there are legislators. They're, you know, the lieutenant well, governor. I, they it's don't not like that. It's, it's, they don't really, you know, make me get all fuzzy inside that sort of stuff. Yeah, I you just, know? you know, usually most governors and all that governors governors going back to the last governor I remember that went back to Congress actually, was a guy named Mark Sanford. I don't know if you remember Mark Sanford. He was the governor of South Carolina, but he disappeared for a few weeks um, with a mistress in some Latin American country. <laughs> he then resigned in disgrace yeah, and a yeah, few years yeah. later had run against Stephen Colbert's sister yeah. for the open congressional seat in South Carolina yeah. and eventually won. So Mark Sanford's the last guy to go from governor to uh i believe to go from governor back to uh congress and yeah. uh, i think the circumstances were a bit hairy well john quincy adams went from president to a uh, member of uh of the of congress on the senate yeah. floor i mean over the rep of the house of congress he died on the floor I, uh, I uh what's uh yeah and um yeah. What's his name? The uh, John C. Calhoun, I believe, was vice president and then stayed in the Senate afterwards. But yeah. it's a little bit of war. Um, who was it? Um, t- uh, William Howard Taft was president and became Supreme Court but, justice. Yeah, but again, I, I'm, I, I'm I'm looking at service to the country, and your country needs you in this position. That's what I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, I just don't think there's a need for it. Well, for I, you know, I've, if you want to solidify those votes, I think uh, uh, I would I would look to that. The other thing I want to bring up with you is. Well, I know you tried, Marcus, but didn't the discussion about uh, the override in Fairhaven, unfortunately, not because you didn't try, 
uh, hit bottom like a like a rock. Oh well, we'll see. We'll see on we'll see on June fifth. We'll see on June. 5th. Well, I think on June fifth, what you're going to see is it's going to fail, Marcus. We might. So I I like you very much and everything like that, but you're a young man. And as Winston Churchill said, and I'm paraphrasing him, you know, if you're not liberal when you're young, you have no heart, and if you're not conservative when you're old, you have no head, mm. you know, or brains. Yeah, and, that uh, was that I, was I, more I, or less what he said. I, what's that again? That's more or less what he said. Yeah, and again, I won't be living long enough to see you in your old age, to see when you become like all the other Fahavenites who say, we've got to sharpen our pencils, we've got to tighten our belts, okay, and uh, we've got to do more with less, and I think that's going to be the results of the over, the overriders. You know, uh, a friend of mine who lives in favor said, hey, you know, What's going to happen there? There's people that will come up to you and tell you they're going to vote for the override, and then when they get behind that curtain, they're going to go right against it. Fairhaven doesn't change. We'll see. <laughs> okay, Marcus. I love you. Thanks for the I time. love you. Appreciate it. 508-996-0500. i got to take a break, and we'll be right back. 1420 WBSM can now be heard on 99.5 FM. Transitioning out of the military... It's difficult. Just about everything around you changes. I would get phone calls that brothers were dying. Some of them to suicide. And I'd found myself in another cold cemetery. And I started to wonder if I was next. It's a struggle to know that you're facing challenges, but not be ready to face them. Sleep doesn't come easy. And when it comes, it doesn't last long. You're tired all the time. I didn't reach out for that help, but thank God my wife did. She got me registered for Wounded Warrior Project, talking to somebody that would listen to me and understood my story, helped me realize that it was time to change. There's a new fight, there's a new mission, and that's something I am eternally grateful for. See how we help warriors combat stigma at woundedwarriorproject.org slash combat stigma. When I deployed, I didn't realize that even the air I was breathing was dangerous. Since coming home, I've watched friends get sick and struggle to get the support they deserve. But now, that's finally changing. We're eligible for new VA health care and benefits based on when and where we served. Even though I feel okay, I'm going to apply for my sake and for my family. Learn more and apply today. Visit va.gov slash p-a-c-t. You've spent all day hearing about the news. Now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast Tonight. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. i got to take one more break and we'll finish out the hour strong. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight, closing out the Thursday uh, show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks to Bristol County Sheriff Paul Harrow. And thanks to everybody who called in and app chatted uh, here. I'll be back tomorrow. Again, uh, congratulations to Phil, who's signing off on the morning show. Um, uh, tomorrow, early a.m., 6 to 9. So you're going to want to tune in for that. Phil's last uh, run as the morning mayor. Um, but he'll, you know, he'll still be around. We'll still see him around here. He ain't going anywhere, but I want to congratulate him on a great run, uh, as the morning mayor. So, uh, I'll see you tomorrow night. I'll be here. 508.
888-996-0500 if you want to give me a call. Um, usually a pretty interesting program on Friday night, and we're looking to, to, to keep that going. So you'll want to stay tuned to uh, us then. So, all right, that's pretty much it. It's all I, uh, it's all I got for you guys this evening. Have fun. Watch the final few minutes of the Celtics. It's pretty a pretty tight game. They might pull it off, force a game seven in Boston. I like Boston. I like Boston's chances if they do that. I like their chances if they can force a game seven in Boston. I think they'll uh, I think they'll take it. All right, I'll see you guys again. I'll see you guys um, tomorrow Friday night. Tune in.